Hey, we're finally here, man. Yeah. <laughs> very, very exciting to have you back on Christmas break. Yeah, it is. It's real nice to be home for sure. Man, it's an honor to have you in here. And, uh, you know, if everybody doesn't know, it's Reese Daly. He's an Army Ranger guy now. Had him <laughs> since he was in uh, sixth grade, maybe. Yeah, sixth grade. And that's uh, when I started coming in. Yeah, and you are very well respected here in the Wood Gym, and that's what we do here at the Wood Gym is make sure we pull all our personalities out and about and made them seen and heard. Yeah, on this podcast because I think I have very interesting people that are inside the Wood Gym. I don't have to go outside to pull guests, you know, so I think it's kind of neat. I want to hear everybody's stories, and I think everybody in here is a type A personality that gets after it. Yeah. So let's start with that. Take me back to how we started and how you found the Wood Gym and how you found me. Well, it was, it was back when I was in sixth grade, I just started playing uh, middle school football. Uh, Judge Irwin was my coach, and uh, I love playing football, but then I got a really, really bad concussion. And it really like scared me, brought me down, <clears throat> and and I lost a lot of confidence. I didn't want to play football anymore. But uh, my my parents talked to Coach Irwin, and he he recommended that I come in here and start working out with you. So I started coming in here in sixth grade, and it it really brought my confidence back. And I started loving working out and playing football a lot more. And I, I couldn't have done that without you. And that really set me up for success later on in my life. Like if I had quit football, that would have changed my life. And so you, you played high school football and then you got into some golden gloves that, yeah. you know, a fellow alumnus from Catholic yeah. Harrison Smith got into. We I got him into it. boxing and, you know, boxing is probably my number one, number two favorite sport of all time of watching and being a fan of and the history of it and what it takes to be a world-class boxer or even amateur ranks. You know, they're beautiful to go watch and we do that all the time. So how did you get into that? I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I was looking at it online cause I remember, uh, you telling me Harrison was doing, I watched some videos of him boxing. I was like, man, that looks pretty cool. Like that's pretty different. Nobody else is doing that. And, and I, Harrison I think that Smith is me. the Vikings safety right yeah, now yeah. that went to Catholic Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, I grew up grade. with yeah. Stu, yeah. his brother. Yeah. So I know Harrison and all that, but like, yeah, I just started like looking into that and I was like, Hey dad, you know, this looks pretty cool. Like, do you think you let me do this? And he was like, yeah. So in the football off season, I'd work out after school and then I would go over to golden gloves and uh, coach Deathridge and coach Witt were my boxing coaches and we'd train and I'd, you know, fight all the dudes in the, in the gym. And it was awesome. It really made me a lot faster speed. And it also brought me a lot more confidence as well. And then you went through high school football, boxing, and then, you know, let's talk about West Point. How did you select, you know, what what brought you to that level of thinking of this is a school I want to go to? I mean, oh. I know you're super disciplined. The people in the wood gym know who you are. But for everybody out there listening, like, how does somebody pick West Point? Well, when I was when I was really young, I, as long as I can remember, I'd always been really interested in the, in the military. I always wanted to be in the Army. And so when I got to uh, high school, you know, I started looking because I was going to go to college and, you know, Air Force Academy, West Point, Naval Academy really jumped out as something that I wanted to do. And so I started looking. I went to the Air Force Academy like summer seminar um, where you go out there as a high schooler and live there for a week and they treat you like a cadet. And uh, from the moment I went out to the Air Force Academy, I, I hated it. It was not my place. It was a, just a completely different mentality than I was used to. And so when I got back, I was like, man, like, what am I going to do? You know, I, that, that's kind of what I was banking on going to. And I didn't like it. 
And so uh, my uncle had his best friend's daughter that went to West Point and she contacted me. He's like, Hey, why don't you come up for a, a visit, like a day visit? So me and my mom, we drove up there um, and we toured the campus with them. And I got to spend the day with a cadet and it was just like a, it was like a football team mentality, which is what I like. You know, it's just, you know, hard workers, guys that are willing to grind and just get the work done. Not a lot of appreciation, but that's what I like. So did you know, right off the bat, yeah, like, right when I walked in, there. I could just, I just, I just felt like, you know, this is something that I would like to do and something that I can do. So that from then on, and then, uh, she told me about, uh, the sprint football team, which is how I ended up getting in to West point. I didn't get in just straight in like uh normal people do. I got recruited as a sprint football player, but I would have never, ever have known that, um, going into it. So I probably wouldn't have gotten in unless I had done sprint football. Cause that's how I got in. Really? Yeah. They're there. Cause I remember, um, I'd applied and everything and they were, I, they wait list everybody from the districts cause you got to get a congressional nomination to go. And I was like number four or five and they only let <coughs> the top three from the district go in. And so I was like, well, it looks like I'm not going to get in. But then I found out about some football. So I sent my film to coach West and coach West was like, yeah, we'll, we'll take you. We'd take you right now. And so he, it, they call it like a chip or I kind of forget what it's called, but it's like a chip and he uses a chip on me and pulled me in. And what year was your freshman year? Ah, uh, 2013, 2014, 2013. So then, you know, I know your mom was, I would say concerned cheering for you, whatever it was to get through. And, and, uh, the hardest thing was the first six weeks and you could accept letters, but no phone calls. It was pretty primitive when you say it's, it's it's supposed to be like a, a basic training experience. It's not like a regular basic training. I would say it's, it's, it's a lot different. It's kind of maybe toned down a little bit. I don't know. Did it get easier? As the years went on, like from freshman year to my senior year, it was just a a night and day difference. Like at freshman year, you don't know anybody, you can't really leave. Um, so it's it's kind of like you're just stuck there all the time. And if you don't like the people you're like roommates with or around most of the time, which is guys in your company or guys that you play sports with, it could be pretty rough. So. My, my freshman year wasn't great. I hated my freshman year. It was terrible because you can't be friends you, with upperclassmen either. You just only can be friends with fellow freshmen. I mean, but when you were there, did you know you wanted to go to the next level of an army ranger or what did you uh, say? So like when well, that didn't happen until my sophomore year. Um, when I was a freshman, I like hated it. I went through the basic. I was like, man, I, I want to do like ADA or like, artillery or something like anything but the infantry because it just whatever we did for our training gave me a real bad taste in my mouth but when i was going into my sophomore year i got to do um cft1 with uh, a, a green beret like an oda team and they trained us like 12 12 of those guys trained like 80 of us we had two odas per platoon i remember as i had, I had sergeant hopper and sergeant first class correa and they like changed my whole outlook on everything. Like if it wasn't for them, I would not have wanted to do what I do now. I wouldn't have had the drive. I I would, I just didn't know anything about the army really. And they really taught me about like, like ODAs and green berets and just that next level of stuff. So I, you know, that's so you went through four years. 
right? Yeah. Okay, so let's get on with you know the meat and potatoes <laughs> in this conversation. I think everybody's interested in is how did you think? Hey, I want to be an army ranger. Well, like, yeah. So like ranger school, <clears throat> like I will say, there's a difference between like army rangers, like people actually in the ranger regiment, and what I've done. So I. I haven't done Ranger Regiment. I'm not in the Ranger Regiment. I just did Ranger School, and now I'm in the Light Airborne Infantry Unit. But, like, yeah, going to Ranger School is definitely something that's it's hard. It's very hard and challenging, and not a lot of people get the opportunity, or they have the opportunity, and they don't get to make it. So it, it's definitely uh, something cool. That is it I've done. something like a, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of the listeners are thinking like uh, G.I. Jane, you know, Navy SEALs, yeah, so many like, people go in, so many people come out. Mm-hmm. You know, how many it's, people went in with your class? Um, I think we had, because f- my class was, I had two classes. So I started in February, at the end of February, the last class of February, and uh, I got recycled. I think that, that class, we started like three or 400, and I don't remember. We had 80 recycles in Darby, and then, you know, some people moved. I don't really remember. But uh, And how long is that? The recycle? No, like to become a full-fledged if, army ranger. If you go straight through, it's 62 days. 62 days. But that is not common. That's like 10% of people go straight through. And when you talk recycle, what is that? So like so like there's there's three phases of ranger school. You have Darby, which is in Benning, Mountains, which is in Dahlonega, Georgia, in the mountains, and then Florida phase, which is in Eglin Air Force Base in Florida. And each phase is like three weeks. And so you start the phase off like the first week, two weeks is just learning, patrolling, different things like that, working on your uh, internal SOPs, working with your platoon or squad, whatever. And then the end, like the last week is the FTX where you go out and you go on patrols every day and you live in the woods and you get graded in a leadership position. So when you get graded in a leadership position, you either get a go or a no go. And if you get a no-go, you get recycled, basically, if you don't get another go the second time around. So the first time I went through Darby, I got no-go twice. And what's Darby? <clears throat> Darby is the, the phase that's in uh, Delano, or in uh, Fort Benning. It's just, patrol, it's just like intro to patrolling and squad-level tactics only. And did you have to have certain physical tests to... Yeah, so like the level? first the first week of range before you even get to the three phases, you have to go through uh, the f- the first week, um, and the first week you you do all it's all individual physical and like skill tests. So you do like the PT test, you do a five mile run, you do a twelve mile ruck, you do a land nav <laughs> course, you do a water obstacle course, you do like a swim test, um, you do a lot of uh, RTTs, ranger tactical tasks. So you like you know clear clear stoppage from a 240, put it back together, take it apart, load a radio, in place a claymore, all these different things. And that weeds out a lot of people. So to make it through the first week is a big, like that'll pretty much set you up for success for the rest. And is that, you know, anything like, you know, the only thing I refer back to is like Navy SEAL training. It's, no, it's, is, is it's it like different. Sleep deprivation. Yeah. Or- oh, yeah. Sleep deprivation. Like once you're out, yeah, you're not sleeping. Like I can remember in Florida, we'd, we'd go all day. We'd run two missions a day. Um, and then we'd what are go. missions? <clears throat> so like you do like a patrol, you do like an ambush or a raid. 
and you spend literally all day setting up and then doing the ambush, you know, or doing the raid. And then at night, you know, you go to your patrol base and I can remember we just were doing like, you just go in 24 hours, basically. Like you do these missions, you get into your patrol base, you'd finally get set in, dug in. And then they'd be like, the RIs would be like, oh, well, you got, uh, you know, you guys are getting up at eight and it would be like seven thirty. So, you know, I never asked this question as long as I've known you is, but do you have any history with families in the service? Um, my grandpa was in the Navy during World War II and uh, that's it. That's it. And my uncle Gene was in, but I, I didn't really know my uncle Gene that well. So he was drawn to it. What was the, the lore, you know, most, most, it was just internal. Just internal. It was was your own deal. It was strictly internal for me. Like there's nobody pushing me to do it or I wasn't really observing it, you know, through my, my family, et cetera. And then once you got through the first phase where you're like, Oh man, I could do this. Yeah. So like after the initial shock of just being there and it's like, what the hell's going on? Like, Mm -hmm. It's just like, it's just kind of surreal. Cause like, you know, four years at West Point, all you hear is you got to get your tab. Got to get your tab. What's tab? Like the Ranger tab that you wear. Ranger tab. Got to get it. Got to get it. And so it's just, it's just like so weird actually being there and like, oh, I'm actually getting my tab. Like, And I'm, the tab is, it. is that on the, uh, it is. Yeah. It's on my uh, uniform. Out there. The uniform that up. you brought to mm-hmm. me that we hung up so proudly next to. Harrison Smith and yeah, real all the really, all the professional athletes. It's pretty yeah. cool. It's really cool. So take me. I know you probably can't, you know, uh, government restrictions of what you can <laughs> tell me, but tell me a couple hardcore stories. Um, I mean the one that I don't know if you could say it on there, uh, but the I, one you were talking I remember about with your I'll feet. Tell a Ranger School story. Okay. Um, I just remember we were in the mountains and it was like the first two days of the FTX and like, we just finished all the, the first day we went to sleep. We woke up the next day and they were like, all right, we're doing this, you know, we're doing a ambush up here. It was like 10, 15 clicks away, like just over all these mountains and stuff. I just distinctly remember we're just going up these mountains. I mean, we were going like vertically up the, like they're steep mountains. Like it's not a joke. And like, we're going up these mountains. You got your rucksack on, it weighs like 60, 70, 80, what's depending a rucksack? on what you carry. It's like the uh, the big backpack that we have that has everything that you live off of inside of it. So you got your your food, your water, you've got all your like your wet weather gear, your uniforms, underwear, socks. And where are you living in like a five-star hotel? Or? No, no, you just sleep on the ground. Oh, really? And that's yeah. interesting. You just, sometimes you just, like, a lot of times, like, Cause you don't get that much time to sleep. So it's honestly not even worth it to get out your Got sleep it. system. You just pop the, the top of your ruck off. I had like a trash bag and I just lay it out flat and lay on the trash bag and go to sleep. <laughs> but like, cause you, cause you're just so tired. Like you just want to sleep. That's all you care about. Like every minute is like precious. So you're going up the hill. Yeah. So we're going up this hill and like, I just remember like I was thinking like, God, this is really hard. Like my legs we're cramping like, so, I mean, I was drinking plenty of water and Gatorade and stuff. They give us all that stuff, but like, like locking up, like, like I can't go anymore, like locking up. But then I just kept going. I was like, I can actually like push through. Like, I didn't think I could do that, but I can like, it was just, it was just a cool like moment. Like I can keep going. Like this doesn't bother me that much, even though my legs are like literally locking up, like right. cramping so hard. And we got halfway up the hill and we took a break and they did a leadership switch 
and it was my turn to be in charge and it was getting dark and like this is the first time we'd done platoon ops and it was like the first two days so like nobody knew it was it was it was just kind of chaos at that point and they put me in charge and we had like 10 minutes to eat something so we're like all shoving meals down our throats like just sucking it out of the the containers and then we got got everybody up and we had to get to the do this raid and we like didn't have enough we barely had enough time to get there and like we got up the hill and then we started going and it got really dark like just pitch black and everybody's exhausted so everybody's like just droning falling in line and we're, we're about to make it there it starts raining and then we have a huge like break in contact and that means like basically part of the element kept moving and then the other half of the element like stopped and i was with like the other half of the element that stopped other half of the elements like gone i have no clue where they went like i i knew where we were going but i had no clue where they went so i'm like running around like trying to figure out where everybody is and this is pitch black it's pitch black i mean i have my mvgs on but <coughs> what are those the night vision goggles like i had my pvs 14s is like the monocle that just goes over one eye but like it was raining so like it's when it rains or it's really humid and stuff like that. Like it's, it's really hard to see even through the MVGs. So like I couldn't really see anything. And then finally we link up with them like 40 minutes later, but like, we're going to miss the time hack for the, the mission, which is like, you can't do that to get a go. And so basically we set up like this ambush uh, kind of, and then we missed the time hack and I got a no go and it was just, it was devastating. Cause then I got looked at again and I also, and then I got a no go again in mountains. And then I got looked at on the last day on the last mission and I find I got to go, but I didn't find out I was getting to go until like we were, everybody was done. We turned in all our equipment and everything. I was like, just the only one like sitting there, like if I get a no go. I have to recycle this phase again. I got to do it. I was just, would you say that was like one of the mental breakdowns or you know anything that pushed you to the point of like yeah i was like so stressed i was like i just don't i just don't care like whatever fail me i'll just do it again like but i gotta go and i was just shocked but like great because i because i already had recycled darby and like and it's just kind of a weird thing like but they close ranger school in march because they do the best ranger competition so if you recycle that last class in february you stay there an extra seven weeks and you don't want to do that no it's horrible. It's just like, it's like being treated like a, a private basically all the time. And you just live in the barracks, you wake up in the morning, you go eat, and then you just get tasked out to do details all day. You just pound in pickets and string and wire and fill in sandbags. And you just go back and then you go to bed. And you didn't have to do that. No, I did have to do that. You did have to do I that. I did that. That the previous to mountains, I had to do that for seven weeks. And then have to go through Darby again for another three weeks, get past that, and then go to mountains. And then after the mountains, it's what? It's Florida. So you go to the swamps. And you went there. And, I, and yeah, so I got to go, and then I went down to the swamps. It was, yeah. And I was what's, so happy. What's, what's the swamps like? It's it's wet. It's it's wet, and it's sandy, and it's hot. Because I went there in June. And how long are you in the swamps? Three weeks. And what are you doing for three weeks? It's platoon ops. You're doing uh, ambushes and raids. Same same tactics. It's just the RIs and uh, Florida. They don't they don't give you f- as much feedback. It's more what's, like what's RIs? Ranger instructor. Got so it. So those are the guys that are walking you. Okay. They don't they don't give you as much. It's more like 
you're doing advanced stuff. So advanced. Are you treated better? Or? You are. Yeah, you're treated great. They don't. They don't yell at you. Don't. You know, they're not treating you like garbage. They and just. Is that the last? It's the last phase. The three week phase, mm-hmm. and then after that, you are then you're done. A certified you go back to Army Ranger. Yeah, you go back to uh, Fort Benning, and you stay there for a couple of days, and you graduate, and you leave. Mm. And what, what's what's after that? I mean, where where are you now? Now that you now, came back? so then I did that, and then I I already had my orders. I was going to Fort Polk with the one five hundred ninth Airborne Infantry. Um, I got there in August, late August, early September. I was there for a week in processing, and then I got to my unit, and then like four or five days later, they made me a platoon leader in Able Company. And, and airborne means yeah. So airborne infantry, we we jump out of uh, airplanes or helicopters, C one thirties, C seventeens, Blackhawks, Chinooks. We and, jump out of all. Of it. And you're jumping out of those? Yeah, we jump out of it. It's fun. It's really cool. It's definitely. He airborne says it's so nonchalantly great. like it's nothing. You know, I can't change a light bulb. Yeah, it's 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 really fun. Like we airborne light air, light airborne infantry is just a di- it's a different world than like you got like you know mechanized and you know heavy infantry, but like light airborne is like true. Like you're thinking like you know band of brothers. Like that's what those guys were. They were light airborne infantry. So would you say what was the number one? You know, because in the wood gym, we talk about, you know, physical attributes, mental capacity, mental toughness, you know, your your mental aspect. Would you say it's, you know, well above average for the average human of how you got through all that to where you see yourself to where you want to be? So you're saying like, uh, like, dude, like, am I physically super fit? Like, Well, we know you're physically super fit. I mean, you're, you know, look like a Greek God. I mean, you, <laughs> you know, it's, you're physically strong. You're, you have strength, you have endurance, but you know, if everybody lines up like that, your mental aspect, what, what mental tips you think you have that, you know, oh. you could share, share with us. It's work ethic. I think if, if you, people will tell you, you can't do things or you're not good enough, et cetera, but you, you can do anything that you want if you're willing to put the work in and it doesn't take, you don't have to be talented necessarily at something to do it. You just have to want to do it and then you can do it. But it's like, it's like coming in here. Like you don't, I'm not, you know, I came in here in sixth grade. I don't anything special. You know, I'm just, I'm just a kid, but instilled that work ethic in me. You know, I see all these pros working out like they're working hard. It's like, well, I got to work hard. You know, if you want to do it, you got to work hard and, you put in that hard work, then you'll reap the benefits, but it's not always pleasant and glamorous and, and fun. But, you know, once you, you know, do it and you get to that next level, then it's worth it. And that's what you think keeps you going. That's what keeps me going. Yeah. And I, I really like my job and I, you know, I love being in the, in the army. I think it's a great experience. I think everybody should do it honestly, because you're serving something bigger than yourself you know, you, you have a, you have relationships with people that you can't have, you know, in the outside world. Like it's just, it's just different. And I, I really like it a lot. You wouldn't trade it. You think I wouldn't you trade it. No, right I wouldn't trade nothing. I, I, I would do it all over again. I, I love, I love it. I really do. I think it's, it's a great experience and it teaches you a lot about yourself, especially and how you work with others. And it also teaches you about what others have done and, you know, all the sacrifices that people are making that you're like, damn, like 
I can't believe like, you know, I talked to my NCOs and all these people in my unit that have been in the army for, you know, nine, 10, 11, 12, 15 years. And to just talk about what they've done. You know, a lot of them are in Iraq and Afghanistan. I've never been deployed, so I don't know what it's like, but I just, I just listen to their stories and like all the stuff they've done and seen. And it's, it's crazy what, you know, what's going on out there. And, you know, we're back here. We have no clue what's, you know, people are doing to keep us safe. So what's your next stage? So for me, ideally, I, I want to be a Green Beret. That's, that's what I want to do. So I want to go to selection. Um, they started changing how, um, like all the requirements and stuff to go to selection for officers because they're hurting right now on how many officers they have. So, so what is your title? I'm a, I'm a platoon leader. Platoon leader. Yeah. A first lieutenant platoon leader. Army ranger. I'm a ranger. Yeah. You're a ranger. Airborne infantry. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's great. I, it's definitely something that. So you're a real black and white guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You do it or you don't do it. Mm-hmm. Do you think what you went through made you mentally tough or were you already mentally tough and that's no. how you got through it? No, I, I, I've n- I'm never, I'm not like satisfied usually with like my mental toughness. Like I'm always trying to get, you know, better, et cetera. But I think like building up to that, uh, like there's, I don't think there's any way I could have done it when I was 18. Like if I had done it, joined the army when I was 18 and then gone to ranger school when I was 18, I don't think I would have been successful because I just didn't have the maturity or the mental toughness to do it. I think I've built that over a long period of time. So like coming, you know, coming in here, working out with you, playing football, going to West Point, you know, having all these experiences in the field, like doing stuff that's hard, et cetera, built me up to go to, uh, to ranger school and then i'm still building now i'm still you know working toward the next thing all right so before we go i want to ask you a question is can you take me through the steps of jumping out of a helicopter a helicopter and after the steps if you had any scary moments where you got tripped up on something or it's you no know, yeah. how high was your highest jump or take me through the steps of- so like yeah like so like for airborne uh basically Everybody gets out there, like in the in a, either open field or like the the harness shed. They give you your parachute and your reserve parachute, and like you buddy rig each other up. It's not hard. Like you just throw it on. You get the straps all nice and tight. Put the recovery belt. I like how he says it's not hard. It's not. It's it's <laughs> the army makes it simple. You just follow the the steps and the rules and et cetera, and like you'll be good. You put your reserve on. Then Is it up to you to put your stuff together? Mm-hmm. So it's, you, it's you all size you. it because like the backpack, like the, the parachute's adjustable. So like I ride a three, you know, some people ride a two if they're smaller or like a one. It just depends. Um, get it all set up to you. You get it all tight. Make sure everything's all, all the straps are, you know, tied up, stuff like that. And then the jump master comes, you know, there's a bunch of jump masters. And they come around and then they do like their big inspection where they like check you, make sure everything's perfect because you don't want to have any flaws because you're jumping out of airplane. So it's pretty serious. And they check you and then they like sign your little card that says you've been checked by them. And then you just sit there and you wait. And sometimes you wait a long time. Sometimes it's not that long, whatever. Then the C-130, you know, comes down, taxiing down the runway, <coughs> put the ramp down. Whoops. They put the ramp down and then you... Everybody loads on. It's pretty cool loading on because you're going in the back down there and the, the propellers are going and stuff. Oh, yeah. and you feel like the back blast. I've seen that in movies. Yeah. And then you get on, everybody sits down <laughs> and like you take off and you're just sitting there 
then they're like, you know, the jump masters start giving the commands like, you know, first pass personnel stand up, you know, you stand up, you take your static line and you hook it to the anchor line cable that's above you. And then they open the doors, the doors come up on the back and then, you know, you feel like the air coming in and stuff and you can, it's daytime, you can see the ground. If it's nighttime, you can't see anything. And then like you, you know, walk up there and then you got the red light and the green light and then you're just sitting there waiting they're like, you know, green light, go. And everybody starts going toward the door Hand off your static line. You turn and you just, you jump. You do, do you like, get like a big adrenaline rush? Yeah. Going oh, yeah. Looking you forward to adrenaline it. Rush. Not, yeah. not one of those where they got to shove you out and you no. freeze or whatever. No. no, no. It's a huge adrenaline rush. Once you jump and, and I wouldn't necessarily say like, you feel like you're free falling. It's kind of weird. I feel like it's like you're going down a slide because you get the back blast from the propeller. It just shoots you. Plus, you're going, you know, in one direction. So fly out, your parachute opens, and then, like, you're just hang, kind of hanging there, floating down, and you, like, check your canopy, gain canopy control, all that stuff, get all ready, and you just, then you're just floating. It's kind of weird because it's super loud and, like, crazy jumping out, and then it's just completely quiet and just super peaceful floating down. And it's just you. And it's just you. Yeah. Are you, and are you, you got your buddies, you know, floating down. Are you armed? You. Do you have everything on you? Or uh, yeah. So like if you do full combat equipment, yeah, you got like your, everything's packed up, but like you got your rifle or machine gun, whatever. And then you've got your kit that's below beneath your legs. When you get to a certain, you know, if you're floating down, you get decently close to the ground. You like lower it. It's on a line. So you pull a thing and it flies off you, but it's attached to you still. So you don't land with it on you. Then you land. And then you, you lock and load and yeah, go? Yeah, yeah. You land, and then you put your weapon into operation, and then get your radio going, and then put your like your kit on, and you pack up your stuff, and you're good. That's pretty cool. It's fun. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cool. It's definitely yeah. something that not everybody gets to do. So you're in for the break. You know, we had the pleasure of having you in here to train with us, and, you know, we always say we feel much safer when Reese uh. is in the gym, for sure. <laughs> you know, he's one of the badass guys walking through this gym. Well, you in for a couple of weeks and then where do you go? I go back to Fort Polk. I'll be there for at least another year. If I, if I get to go to selection earlier, then I'll go do that. And if I get selected, then I'll leave earlier than expected. But and how old are you now? I'm 24, 24, 24 in September. So, and, and what's the, what's the thing that you guys say? Hoo-yah, hoorah. <laughs> what, what, what do you guys say? Hoorah is the Marine Corps. Yeah. Who was army, but I don't, we don't say that. No, but <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, I want to wrap it up. I appreciate you giving me this yeah, time. Thanks to for letting me come in. I love coming in here. It's definitely a huge, it's awesome. huge like, highlight. I love coming in here and just working out with you and just seeing, you know, so different every time. Yeah. Every time yeah. you come in, it's totally different. And it's, yeah. you know, it's who's in here now, who's going to be the next big thing or whatever. And well, yeah, it's different maybe people wise, but it's always consistent. Like I always get in the same level of stuff. It's never, you know, like that's why I like coming in here. It's always like oh, Charlie's the same, you know. I appreciate that. All right, Reese, thank you so much. Yeah, I love thanks you for buddy. having me. Thank you.